0: All right, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. We're going to continue our thought with, about being thankful, Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> Tonight we're going to look at it from this standpoint, we want to be thankful for our calling. How many of you in here, and, and I want you to understand what I'm fixing to say, I think some of you will, how many under in here feels like that you are, that you're called of God? Let me see your hand. Now, you may, not, you may not understand what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not saying if, you're, if you feel called to preach, all right? I'm not talking about if you feel called to teach a Sunday school class. I ain't even talking about if you feel called to get up and sing or to, or to go door to door. I want to know if you feel called to be a servant of God, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And probably, at least I hope, that every one of us in here that is born again, I hope all of us can, uh, can understand that and say that, uh, that yes, we, we feel called to do that. Look with me, Colossians chapter, chapter 1. Look down at verse number 24. Verse number 24. The Bible says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh what, was, what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me. Go back, look, up, look back up in verse number 28. Him we preach. This is Jesus Christ. Everything that we do, everything that we say, every, our actions, we preach Jesus Christ. Warn every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that you may be presented or that every man may be presented perfect In Jesus Christ. How many would agree with me that when you stand before the Lord, there's got to be a certain way that you you, uh, look to Him in order to get into heaven? Sin can't be there. Ugliness of sin can't be there. You've got to be pure. You've got to be bought with a price. You've got to be set forth, in other words. You've got to be called out uh, in your salvation and all of that. When you look here in, in, in Colossians, we, as we've said, we've, we've been talking about being thankful. Versus, this is Thanksgiving season. Matter of fact, it's hard to believe that next week is Thanksgiving week. It's, it's unbelievable how time passes. But being thankful for many different things. And, and this, the latter part of this chapter here talks to us about being thankful for our calling. And throughout the first chapter here, we learned how Jesus, earlier the last couple of weeks when we talked to you, how Jesus has redeemed us. We've learned how he saved us from the penalty of sin. And then we've also seen how he reconciled, last week, how he reconciled us to himself through his blood. And now, we want to pause a little bit. We want to look at the moment, this moment a little bit and think about the question, if this is the case, if, if, if Jesus has redeemed us, if He has saved us from the penalty of sin, if He's reconciled us to Him, then I want us to pause and ask ourselves a question, then why has He done that? Now think about the answer. Why did He do that? Why has He done that for us? Why why did He die? Why did God go to the trouble of saving us? Why did God reveal uh, reveal Himself through the Son, Jesus Christ. Why, why do we gather together every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning? You know, why, why do we do that? And after we look at the gospel, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, then what are we left with? What are we left with? Did God go to all this trouble just so that He could have something to do? <laughs> Probably not. You know, He's bigger than that. Or was there a higher purpose? And my, my point to you tonight is this, I, and I, I think in the body of Christ, we underestimate many times the calling that God has placed upon our life. Again, I understand that some of us are not called to preach, Brother Michael. I understand some of us are not called to teach. I understand some of us may not be called for a, for a particular thing, but listen to me, church, if you are a born-again child of God, you are called amen you're called and we underestimate that sometimes and we don't we don't look at that as a high 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 calling everybody say hi h-i-g-h hi H-I-G-H, high. i ain't talking about just getting up on a ladder all right it's a high calling there's a higher purpose for for who you are in jesus christ and we've got to understand something i really believe is very very important that God, we know this already, but God sent his son to die for us simply because he loves us. Now we make that statement over and over and sometimes we get to, it's sort of like a cliche. But I want to tell you something, that was an awesome thing that he did. He died for us. He willingly endured hardship because he loves you. Everything that God has done for us has been done because of this great love that he has for us, the calling that he's called us to, amen. Now think about this for just a second. Have you ever had somebody to love you? Sure. Have you ever had somebody or or have you even loved somebody? I mean, really, really strong, you've loved somebody. Have you ever done that, but yet they have not given back their love to you? And you have to ask, how how does that make you feel? How does it make you feel? It's, 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 it's not a good feeling, is it? It hurts to know that you've been given love. It hurts to know that you've, you've sacrificed and you're giving love to somebody only to find out you're not getting any kind of response back whatsoever. Now, help me, Lord, help me to break down some, some, some barriers with us tonight. I understand that every one of us are made up differently. I understand that some of us are loud and some of us are quiet. I understand that some of us, doesn't, it doesn't matter, we can get up in front of a crowd and we can just open up and have a conversation. It doesn't matter to us at all. And some of us, if you get them up in front of people, they're just going to die. They just can't do it. I understand that some of you, I could ask some of you to get up on stage Sunday morning and take up an offering and you wouldn't have any problem with that whatsoever. But some of you wouldn't even dare get to this first step before you just pass out because you just you freak out. I've never done that before, Brother Dan. I understand we're made up differently, but hear me, church. If we have a high calling upon our life, should we not at least act like we do? Now, And I know this is this may or may not be scriptural, and that may be a dangerous thing to say right here, Brother Larry. I don't know. I'm sort of teetering on at this a little bit here. So you're going to have to help me here. When I have somebody come to the church and I can't never get them to do nothing. Can't get them to talk about nothing. I get some of them are, some folks is, is, uh, is backwards and shy. I get all of that. I'm not talking about that. But when they will never do nothing, even, even just call on the, the name of Jesus Christ, all these sort of things, I sort of have to wonder about our calling. Are you following me? Because as a child of God, we've got good news to share. Whether with our mouth, with our actions, whatever the case may be, you may not be able to get up here, but you can't talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, Carol and, and Phyllis will remember will, will know this yesterday when it was down there, at the uh, I love those first days of the ignite thing with the sign-ups. you know, got to everybody come in and they're just there, they're ready to sign up for the, all that, but I always have them come in and just sit down. And I ask them how they doing, how you having a good morning, and all that stuff. Now I'll just do crazy stuff. I, you know, I, I'm not like Dad. You've heard Dad's testimony that when he was called to preach, he he was backward, he couldn't talk, he just felt like he he had that. That's not been my problem. I'm not one really to get up and in front just to, just to be doing it. But if if the opportunity presents itself, I'll do it. And I got up and I even we started singing, yeah 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 yeah, and that and those people they. they I don't know, they just, they grin and they'll laugh at kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll, I'll have fun with them. I'll interact with them a little bit. Now, I do that for two or three reasons. One reason is just to calm them down, number one. Another reason just to get them set, situated. We're going to get this thing structured. We're going to flow, you know, like we need to flow to keep everything going. But another reason, I want them to understand that there is God's people in the house that does know how to have a good time. We don't all just have to back up and shut up all the time. There's something good that we have that we can share with people and pray and talk to them about the love of Christ. Amen. And we are called in order to do this. Tonight, I want us to look at this special calling from God. This calling should be part of our response to God for what he has done for us. It's a special calling not only for you and I, but for the church as well. But what is the church? The church is every one of us that makes up the body of Christ. We make up the body of Christ. It's not this building. Yes, it's a building that we're able to come and worship the Lord in, but we make up the body of Christ, you and I. And so when you look at Colossians here, Paul tells us here in this verse 24, he said, I want you to serve Jesus sacrificially. Serve him sacrificially. There's some things that's going to have to go out of your way in order to serve him, right? Right? sacrificially we look at verse 24 it jumps off the page but there's something here a bit strange Paul is rejoicing in his suffering for the sake of Christ Now I don't know about you but I don't like to suffer I don't like to be in pain I don't like to stump my toe I don't like to hit my thumb with a hammer I don't like any of those things but Paul he was he was he was rejoicing for the suffering because of what he had to go through for the Lord Jesus Christ Got to understand, again, Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. He'd never been to Colossia. He'd never been there. He just heard, remember, first chapter, first, first, first five or six verses? He had heard of, 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 of who they were. He had heard there's a guy, even Epaphras, that told him about these things that this church was, was doing and this city was doing. He heard about these things. He was in prison here. You cannot serve without sacrifice hard to do, isn't it? You, you got to have a sacrifice. Think about it. By being here, even tonight, you're demonstrating some level of sacrifice. I want to hear the Word of God. I want to come at and I want to grow. I want to listen to the Word of God and what He, what he talks to me about. Amen. We want to learn. We want to mature ourselves. And so everyone who teaches is sacrificing in in order to serve. When you talk to somebody, you're sacrificing in order to get the message of Jesus Christ out. If you're in a position where you're not sacrificing, then probably you're not serving. Brother Danny, will that keep you out of heaven? You answer that. Jesus came to serve, right? And he wants us to do what he has done. We need to serve. And if opportunity is given, we need to find those opportunities to serve. If opportunity is not given, sometimes God may be speaking to us about creating those things and, and God places those, those, those ministries within our hearts that we begin these ministries. Jesus calls us to sacrifice. He simply calls us to serve. And Paul understood that. He, he knows you understand that, that he, he is suffering for their sake, he said. He is doing his share on behalf of of the body of Christ, Jesus' body. Paul is called to, and I'm not going to take the time to go in and and talk about how many things that Paul had had to endure. He was a smart guy. He was a well-educated guy. But he was called to a level of sacrifice that probably and hopefully I'll never have to get to. Man, I don't want to have to suffer like he did. Just being honest with you. The old boy, he had to go through some stuff. He had to deal with some things. But we've got to understand that when we give our life to Jesus, there's going to be opportunities that God is going to give us simply to serve. We'll have to go out of our way at times in order to do that. We've got to guard against wanting just to to ride the coattail of other people. Don't do that. It's easy to look at the church and ask, what are they going to do for me? What are they going to do for me? What are they going to do for me? No, what what can you do for the church? What can you do for Christ? Christ. It's not what the church can do for us. It's what can we do for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we lose sight of the fact that we're called to sacrificially contribute to what God has called us to. And it may be if you're you're attending church, if you're a member in this church, then it's for pathway. I, I, I honestly believe with all of my heart that God has sent you to this church for a particular reason. I honestly believe that. And I don't know, I may not know exactly what that reason is, but every one of us makes up the body of Christ. Don't you understand that when we get to heaven and we get to stand there in front of the Lord, it's not going to be I'm going to get in first because I'm the pastor. Hello. Now that may bother me a little bit, probably don't, but I'm just trying to draw a conclusion here. Just because I'm a preacher, just because I'm a pastor, doesn't mean I'm going to get in first. Just because you may be a council member, doesn't mean you're going to get in first. The ground is level at the foot of the cross, and he looks at us, He looks at our heart and, and the things that we've done in our service for the Lord. Amen. Paul endured hardships for the cause of Christ. Turn, turn with me, if you will, to Second Corinthians. Let me, let me read a scripture to you for you right quick. Second Corinthians chapter 11. let me turn over here. Chapter 11, verses 23. Here's the this, here's this scripture. I wasn't going to read this, but let me go ahead and read it. Verse 23 says, Are they ministers of Christ? I I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. In stripes above measure. This is Paul talking here. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city. he just in perils. In perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for the church. So he, he had to, he had to endure a lot of stuff. And he said, not even counting this, but daily... I have to endure the, the problems of the church. Amen. Paul said I had to sacrifice. In redemption, Jesus did for you and I what you and I couldn't do for ourselves. We we've been redeemed. And because of that, it's now up to you and I to simply sacrifice and to serve. Paul here, what he's talking about here, he's not implying that Jesus' sacrifice was insufficient in some way. It's not what he was talking about. But he wants, us, he wants us to further the gospel through service. And through service, there may be sacrificial service that comes along with that. And if we are not willing to sacrifice, I can tell you right now, then the work of the church will never get off the ground. If somebody won't pick up the baton, it's not going anywhere. If somebody will not pick up the ministry, it won't go anywhere. Amen. We can't sit around and wait on somebody else to to do. You say, Pastor, this is supposed to be a Wednesday night thing. Don't don't get on to us for not serving. I'm not getting on to you. I'm trying to help us a little bit. I promise you this will help you if you'll get involved with that, if you'll take the initiative and get involved for working and sacrificing. Amen. I know some of y'all find this hard to believe, but when I was in school, I loved football, and I played football. And I I wasn't too bad at football. I was pretty good. I sacrificed a lot of time. I sacrificed a lot of energy. We spent a lot of time exercising and and running plays and all these sort of things. And I was glad to do it, number one, because I enjoyed it. I loved the game. enjoyed playing the game. And it was worth it to me. For some, getting good grades in school is worth it to you because you enjoy those things. You sacrifice your time for that. And we've got to look at the church work as this. It's something worthy of our sacrifice. Amen. It's something worthy of our sacrifice. We've got a special calling to serve. We've got a special calling to sacrifice. Listen, if you can leave out of this place tonight and in your your spirit mind just understand that God has placed a big blue ribbon upon you. You're his special servant. You're his special servant. And as a servant of God, there's going to be moments in your life that is going to be a sacrificial service servant. And we've got to learn to be thankful. Paul was thankful that he had to suffer some things because of the sake of Christ. So when we go through those issues, and we go through those moments in our life, don't be so quick to to get bummed out. Don't be so quick to get mad at yourself. Don't be so quick to get mad at somebody else because in your sufferings (laughs) you work patience. In your sufferings there's a lot of other things that takes place. There's a faith that begins to arise within you. And we begin to be thankful because we're able to suffer through our service through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He was called to serve. You may not be a preacher, but but you carry out the preaching of the gospel. Whether you like it or not, you carry out the message, the preaching of the gospel simply by how you live every day. Simply by how you live. The other thing we need to realize is that we're called to proclaim God's word to this lost generation. Everything that we do, everything that we say. I was blessed the other, other day, even going back yesterday, there's a police officer that came in. Uh, uh, police Officer Middlebrook, Charles Middlebrook. Some of you all may know uh, Charles. He was, he was a black man and I would met him once before, but I had never really sat down and talked to him. And I got a chance the other day, Tuesday, yesterday, uh, it's today, Wednesday, right? Yesterday, to sit down and talk with him in, in detail. And he got to talking to me about that God had called him to preach. And he said, you know, Pastor said, I, my dad was a preacher, but I never saw myself as a preacher. I never saw what God was doing in my life. And I look back on it now, and I understand the, some of the sufferings, <laughs> that's some of the words he used, some of the sufferings that I went through. I understand some of the sacrifice that I went through. I understand some of the service that I went through. God was preparing me and leading me into into, into be able to pastor a group of people in Dyersburg. And I said, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I had some of the same experiences, had some of the same similar story that you had, and we was able just to share a little bit. He said, "Isn't it wonderful that we're able to stand up every Sunday morning and share the gospel of Jesus Christ?" And it is. I don't take it for granted. I promise you, I don't take it for granted. But even more important than that, how do we live our life every day? How do we live our life every day? Am I being a testimony every day? Amen. Am I being a testimony? I went in Courier News today for, for, for a particular reason. There's a young man sitting behind my desk. As soon as I walked in, he said, Hello, Pastor Rigney. I don't have a clue who this guy was. And I'm trying to say, Who is this guy? There's another guy, so I didn't get a chance to ask him who he was because one reason I was embarrassed, and I didn't want to see him like an idiot. I just said, hey, how you doing? But the question came to mind when he'd done that, knowing this mis- mis- message tonight, does he see me that way in church and even outside of church? Are you, you understanding what I'm saying? Do you act one way in church, and when you get outside at the job or, or whatever, do you act another way? God is wanting our testimony to go forth as we serve him. We have a special calling. The second thing is this, Paul here says in in verse 25 through 27, he says, look, you're called to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim a proclamation. Proclaim the gospel, proclaim the gospel. Again, you may not be a preacher, you may not be a preacher, but you're carrying out those things by the way you live. We've got a privilege of telling others. In times past, the Bible tells us sometimes, Brother Larry, the message was hidden. They didn't know. But it's known today. We know it today. In verse 26, we're told it was hidden from past generations. It was called a mystery. Doesn't mean that the message was a, was a secret teaching. It was just a mystery of that day. The prophets of the Old Testament didn't receive the full revelation from the Lord, from, from God. They only saw in part. But you and I, in this New Testament era, we know the truth. We understand the truth. Jesus Christ revealed the truth. The Old Testament was meant to lead us. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. Everything that you and I do needs to point to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Galatians 3 and 24 says this: So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by our faith. By our faith. And so the message has been fully revealed to you and I. What's been fully revealed? We know that Jesus Christ died for our sins. We're here tonight because he died for our sins. We're here tonight because the blood that he shed on Calvary. We're here tonight because he brought forth salvation. He died that we could be saved. Amen. That's good news to share. It was a mystery back then, but it's no longer a mystery for you and I. Amen. No longer a mystery. This mystery here that God wanted every one of us to know is just simply this. What's the mystery? What's the mystery? It's Christ in us. That's all it is. It's Christ within us. It's Christ in us. The best way for me to, to explain that to you uh, is, you've heard me say this before, and I'll just use me and dad. Dad has a certain way of doing things. He walks a certain way. He talks a certain way. He, he looks a certain way. He carries himself. You know what I'm talking about. He carries himself a certain way. He, he, a lot of times I'll watch him, and I'll watch him walk, and I'll see my grandmother, his mom, because he, she carries herself the same way. And I watch him walk, and, and he'll, I, I can't do it, uh, but, but he, he has that he has that walk. He has that laugh sometimes. He has that talk. But there's times, not all the time, because it scares me sometimes, but there's times I see myself, I see, I see Dad in me, what I'm trying to say. I'll, 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 I'll walk in front of the mirror, and I'll, oh, my God. And I'll look, and that's Dad, that's Dad there. And I, and, I, and I make the, some of the same statements or remarks sometimes or, or a certain uh, 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 whatever, you know, uh, mannerisms that, that he has. We, we begin to see ourselves. Well, Paul here says the mystery here that God wants to know that we have Christ within us. Everything that we do, all we ought to mimic, Christ. It, because he's, he's in us. He's in us. And that because of Him being in us, we have the hope and assurance of a future glory, and that is salvation that you and I already are a part of. We get to to be a part of that. You don't have to go to Bible college to proclaim the Lord. You don't have to get a Ph.D. in theology to proclaim Jesus Christ, do you? No. You've already got it. He's already given you the love that He he gave you. Christ in us makes us Christ-like. We are a Christian. What does a Christian mean? It's Christ-like. It's Christ-like. We, are, we, we share in the glory of his second coming. And then very quickly, not only that, in verse 28, Paul says, Look, you've got to help everyone to grow in Christ. Help everybody that you can see to grow in Christ. Help everyone to grow everybody that you're around. Everybody that you come around. Now, yeah, there'll be some people that don't want to hear it. But it doesn't mean that you have to stop sharing. There'll be some that don't understand what you're talking about, but it doesn't mean that you've got to shut up. We've got to help everyone grow in Christ to proclaim the Lord. Admonish one another. What does the word admonish mean? It's simply to warn, simply to encourage. It's to stimulate, to stir one another up. I can't wait for Sunday morning because I'm going to be preaching to you Sunday morning about how to create an atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving. I got excited when I got studied this week. How to create, well, how do we do that? How do we create an atmosphere? I'll go ahead and just share with you a little bit. Don't tell nobody I shared this with you. I'll get to preaching it tonight, Brother Larry. Have you, ever, have you ever walked up on a conversation of two people talking and you can just feel how thick the air is? You ever, you ever done that? You know they've, they've been fussing with one another. They've been arguing because they'll hush. You walk up and you you can cut it with a knife. You know what you just done? You walk into an atmosphere. <laughs> What I enjoy doing? How many of you? How many's ever been to Winterfest with some of these young people down over to Knoxville? Anybody ever ever been there in the house? Brother, brother Parker, has, brother Ronnie, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about when you when you enter a room of twenty five thousand young people that's worshiping God. Son, I'm gonna tell you, you walked into an atmosphere. You've walked into something that you got you can't handle. <laughs> well. I guess you can if you're a child of God. You've walked into an atmosphere. In saying that, I want you to understand Lord, help me not preach my message tonight. It's not the pastor's job to create your atmosphere. It's not the worship leader's job to create your atmosphere. It's your job, it's my job. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If we start this process of creating an atmosphere in our life Sunday morning even before we get to church. Oh, yes, what'll happen in the church? Yes, we 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 feel like we gotta be primed and we feel like we've got to be pushed, and we feel like we've got somebody just say the right thing or do the right thing or say the uh-uh. We gotta help everybody grow in Christ. And if we can help everybody grow in Christ, if they can see our atmosphere, if they can understand who we are in Christ our atmosphere, the love of Christ that flows through us, we can stimulate others to want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says we've got to teach it with all wisdom as well. Amen. Fourth thing is this. We're closing with this. Paul said that we've got to rely on the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to rely on His power. How, how are we going to carry out the gospel how are we going to carry out this, this gospel, this special calling on our own? We can't. We've got, to have, we've got to have the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't Jesus says, he, he told us, Look, I've got to go away, but if I go away, I'm going to send. I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send the power. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send that duty's power that you need to overcome, that you can you withstand all these things in these last days. Paul, he was laboring, he was striving, but he was striving and laboring according to the power that was working within him, not in his own strength, but that that worked within him. Do you know why you know why Sister Shirley was able to talk to me the other day yesterday and say, "Brother Danny, just, just imagine that in possibly three months I'll get to see the Lord." Just ain't that something? You know why she was able to say that? It wasn't her. It was the power that was working in her of what she realized and what she knows to be a fact, and that's her Lord. I wonder, I, I even asked myself this. She, In talking with her, she tore me up on the phone several times. I told her, I said, Shirley, I want you to understand something. I said, I, want you, I appreciate you, number one, but you're an encourager. You've encouraged me, even in the midst of your dilemma. You've encouraged me to keep on keeping on. And I pray, God... Let me have that attitude. Let me, when I get to that place in my life that I know that maybe my end is coming, let me say, can you just imagine? Can you imagine that possibly two to three months I'm seeing the Lord? That's, uh, we, we, we say amen and, and, and we, we think about that, but I going to tell you something, it's different when you're faced with it. It's different when you're hit head on and you're, you're right in front of your face. I'm going to tell you, that's, that's strength to me. But Paul understood. That's why Paul was able to say, i fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. There's a, there's a crown of life waiting for me. Do whatever you need to to me. I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Do we have, do we have that? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him, right, who strengthens me. We have a calling from God. This calling is extended to every, every Christian, every, everybody. We're called to serve sacrificially. We're called to proclaim the gospel. We're called to help others grow in Christ. We're called to let them know they can rely on the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called for that special purpose. The question is, are we fulfilling that call? Are we fulfilling that call? Are we living a life? With that's, that's in the parameters of God's plan and purpose that he's called us to. If you've been struggling, if you and I, if we've been struggling to follow God's call, then today change that. If you've been struggling to fulfill the call that God has placed on your life, then you have, you have the authority and the power to change that within your life. All you've got to do is say, God, just give me strength and give me, give me grace, give me patience, and let me walk on for you. Forgive me of my, of my shortcomings. Forgive me of those things that I may have done wrong that I, I need to correct God and help me, help me get back on the path that I need to be on. Amen. Amen. I know this is an old cliche here. I understand that. But I'm tired of the fact of, of how I used to grow up in, in churches in rural Mississippi and south Mississippi. I'm tired of the fact that, and I'm not saying that I do this. We've got a lot of wonderful people in our church that's doing a lot of things, I promise you. They're doing a lot of things. Matter of fact, this, this season right here, We've got a lot of people doing a lot of things. Some of you work in Christmas stuff. Some of you work in the the church with teaching and Wednesday night and working with kids and and on and on and on we can go. Some of you get out in the community and you do different things. I'm blessed. We're blessed as a church tonight. We are. But are we doing, are we living up to our potential? Are we doing everything we're supposed to do? Too much is given. (laughs) Much is required. So if God blesses us, he gives us all these things, he requires more, right? Right? So we just keep on, keep on, keep on. Had somebody come by, the, come by the church the other day and said, y'all do stuff all the time. Well, I don't see that, but that's what they think. But are we living up to our potential? Are we reaching everybody that we can reach? Are we fulfilling everything that we need to fulfill? Somebody, somebody has called for parking ministry. Somebody has called for senior citizen ministry. Somebody has called for jail ministry. Somebody is called for, for getting out on the street ministry. Hello. You may not be do nothing but fix a car. That's your ministry. Why can't you use that to serve Christ? You understand? You're called to teach, some of you. Some of you are called to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Some of you are called to sing to the top of your lungs. Some of you are not called to sing to the top of your lungs. Some of you, here, here, I'll lose you with this one. Some of you are called to be a giver. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's a calling. Everybody can't do that. I'm just, I'm being honest with you. But Paul here says be thankful for your call, be thankful for the calling that God has placed upon your life. And if we've been struggling with following the call, then we've got to get it fixed. And we got to start from where we are, and we got to move forward. Amen. We got to move forward in Him. Amen. Amen. How many love the call that God's placed upon your life? Hallelujah. I do. I enjoy being being a child of God. I enjoy being a Christian. I enjoy. I talked to a lady in the bank today, and she comes to our church, and I was just picking with her, and I said, "Hey, I got a, I got a." And, and there was a there was another uh, vice president walked up, and we was talking. And uh, the vice president of the bank knew that this lady come to our church. I said, hey, I need you to help. I need you to help me get this lady out of the balcony and get her on the front seat in the spitting section. I'll just play it on. And uh, so the vice president of the bank said, you know, Brother Danny said, you're lucky to get her in the balcony. <laughs> we, and we laughed a little bit with one another. But, but the truth, and I don't, I, don't, I don't care where they sit in the balcony, just let them come. <laughs> you know, come and be a part of God's kingdom. Ain't that wonderful? that we can be a part of the kingdom of Almighty God no matter where we are and who we are in Christ. Amen. Thank God for Hispanic ministry. Thank God for somebody that knows how to build some stuff. Thank God for, for welders. Amen. Thank God for, for people who knows how to put a nail in a piece of wood. Thank God for air-conditioned folk. Thank God for those people that knows how to do things within the body of Christ. And we, we, we learn and we grow by that and, and for that. Amen. Why do you think God give you that gift? Not to sit on it, to use it. God give you that gift to use your gift. Amen. And so we follow Christ. And Paul here says, look, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As long as he strengthens me, I'm going to continue to work and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we love you. What a joy it is to be your child tonight. What a joy it is, oh God, to be a servant of the Most High God. God, I know that there have been times, and I can only speak for myself, I know that there have been times that I've let you down. I know that there have been times that that I've failed you. But God, I pray that if if that's the case, I I pray you forgive me. I pray that you set me back up on the path that I need to be on and let me move and follow your leading and follow your direction. Help me, O God. Help all of us, O God, to, to, to serve you diligently. I understand there's some sacrifice that goes along with it. But God, Paul said, count it all joy. Count it joy. God, when we suffer for your sake, when we're following, we know we're doing the right thing. Help us not to get all bent out of shape when the devil comes and tries to blow our house down. God, it just lets us know that we're on the right track with you and we trust in you and we lean upon you. Go with us now, we pray. Take these prayer requests that we've mentioned. Brittany and Sister Renee and Beverly and Sister Shirley. Others, oh God, I, I just heard today that, that Brother Johnny and Sister Betty Richardson had been sick and Brother J.C. Conley had been sick. God, touch them today and, and uh, let healing come to their bodies. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Appreciate you coming tonight. and. Uh,